Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you're well, and I pray that you are gathering your family together and studying the faith um, and getting prepared for whatever is to come um, and whatever our Lord allows. He's purifying his church, and um, uh, I think it won't be too long from now that Everyone who doesn't know the gospel will have a chance to know it and either say yes to God or no to him. Um, we need to um, be in preparation um, because a war is coming, whether we're involved or not. Um, Russia will invade Ukraine and that we don't know what that'll be for us and the other countries of the world, but we want to be sure we have water and um, non-perishable food um, and Take your children out of public schools so they don't get corrupted. And even Catholic schools, if they are not teaching the true faith, if there's sex education, get them out of the school. And if you're in a Catholic school with sex education and you don't want to take them out, make sure that you meet with those teachers and that you see all the curriculum, all the books, everything their children are going to be taught. And if they're taught same-sex ideology and gender ideology, get them out of school. doesn't matter what you need to do. Don't ruin your children. The school won't ruin them. You will be responsible if you keep them in there. So not, not easy things ahead of us. But we are God's people, and he will protect us. Even if we die a martyr, he will protect us. Um, we're going to start a little something new today rather than wait to the half hour for calls. Um, we're going to um, be open the full hour for your calls. So I'm going to continue right now in um, uh, Keep the Faith, or this rather, This is the Faith by Ken Francis Ripley. We'll continue where we left off. Um, and then um, I'll only read for the first half hour or maybe the whole program uh, based on your calls. Our lines are wide open and you don't need to wait for the second break, the half hour break. Our toll-free number with anything at all on your heart. Um, and, and again, especially if you want to uh, call in on what we're speaking about, our topic, feel free to do that. Um, that's why we're opening the phones for an hour, so you can, we can dialogue back and forth um, uh, on the faith. And if you have questions, I'm, we're starting with the Bible that is the inspired Word of God. We're going to continue with that. And if you have questions on that, or questions on the Catholic Bible versus the Protestant Bible, or um, uh, if it's not man-made or anything at all. If you've never read it, you don't know how. I actually have a Bible study plan that is just, I think, terrific. Um, you can call in to find out how you begin to read the Bible. If you've never read it before, what is, what is the best? So... Um, We'll take your calls again, toll free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. 
Um, let me see now. Hold on. Hold on just a moment. Um, I just want to get the screen on my end ready for you. Okay. Um, so we are reading um, from uh, This is the Faith, uh, Canon Francis Ripley, and um, we are going to continue that on the chapter, The Bible's the Inspired Word of God. But dear ones, feel free to call in. Um, you may email as well at mother at the station of the cross dot com. I'm not able to take your emails as readily as your phone calls, um, but you certainly may email um, at mother at the station of the cross dot com. Okay. Um, where we're at in the chapter of Canon Ripley says the clearest statement of the inspiration of Scripture. Um, hold on. The inspiration of the scriptures, I've got something in my way, okay, um, is to be found in St. Paul's epistle to Timothy. And you know, in my 18 Protestant years, we didn't have the whole Bible, but we really studied what we did have, which is most of the Bible, minus seven plus books, and we memorize scripture all the time. It's such a good thing to do, because... Uh, King David in the psalm says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. So in every single circumstance, we can call on a verse to instruct us, to comfort us, to teach us. Um, a story of a man in, in my Protestant church who um, was in World War II, and some of them were taken captives. Actually, the whole group was taken captive by two different ships. And so... As one group and the other group were in their ships being taken captive and, and coming further and further apart, one man shouted to the others, Romans 8, 28. And they knew the whole message. They knew the whole message. God works all things together for good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. God always brings good out of what's bad. And they can comfort each other just by throwing verses at and 2 Timothy 3.16 is one of the verses that we would memorize. Um, and it says that all scripture is inspired of God. Um, all scripture inspired of God is profitable to teach, to reprove, to correct, to instruct in, ju in justice or righteousness. They're synonymous words. And verse 17 says that the man of God may be equipped for every good work. <clears throat> and verse 17 is not printed here, but, but I know it by heart. We memorize tons of verses. Such comfort in times of trouble or confusion. Um, and Canon Ripley goes on to say, nevertheless, even though these texts from Scripture are exceedingly clear, they cannot possibly be our main proof that the um, That the Bible is the inspired word of God, to regard them as such would be to argue in a vicious cycle or circle. Consider also the fact that the Bible is infinitely superior to all other sacred books, that the most searching criticism has proved it to be always historically accurate, and that is obviously supernatural in character. But even these facts are not the principal criteria for determining the inspiration of sacred books. To prove conclusively that the Bible is inspired, 
you must first consider the Gospels as historical books only, as if you went to the, the library and, and got a historical book, abstracting from the fact of their inspiration. These historical documents tell us of a certain historical person, capital P, who said he was God. Hold on now. <clears throat> and as we shall prove in a later instruction, he justified that claim by works which no mere man could have done. And he said he would establish an infallible church, a church that is still in this world after 2,000 years. We prove Christ's life and works from historical documents. We prove his divinity from his life and works. We prove the infallible church from the promise of his divine person. And then we ask what this infallible church says about the Bible. St. Augustine, who lived in the 4th century, wrote, I would not believe the gospel unless the authority of the Catholic Church moved me thereto. Lutheran, who began the Reformation, said I wouldn't, um, we wouldn't even have the Bible were it not for the Catholic Church. Here is what the Church says in the First Vatican Council. Quote, <coughs> The Church holds these books as sacred and canonical, not because, and this was well before um, the Reformation, beloved. The Church holds these books as sacred and canonical, not because composed merely by human industry. They were there, thereupon approved by our authority, the Church's authority, nor alone because they contain revelation without error, but because written under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, they have God for their author, and as such were delivered to the Church herself. That's Vatican Council One. That's eighteen sixty nine to seventy. Pope Leo the Thirteenth, his encyclical on the Bible, wrote, quote, "The Holy Ghost Himself, by His supernatural power, stirred up and impelled the biblical writers to write, and assisted them while writing in such a manner that they conceived in their minds exactly and determined to commit to writing faithfully." and render in exact language, with infallible truth, all that God commanded, and nothing else. Without that, God would not be the author of Scripture in its entirety. There's no opinion of man in there. <clears throat> Hold on a moment. When we say that the Bible is the very word of God, we do not mean that he actually wrote it with pen and paper himself. We mean that he inspired, and the word inspired means God breathed. He inspired, breathed into different human authors to write the different books contained in the Bible and to write just what he wished those books to contain. He is the principal author, God is, because he inspired the human writers in all that they wrote. Therefore, everything in the Bible is infallibly true. There's the music for our first break, beloved. Again, you're welcome to call in at any time. There's no need for you to wait till the second break. Um, call at any time with anything on your heart. Toll free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. 
Here at the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. I'm a uh, widower, parent of three almost adults, and listen to you guys around the clock. Father McTigg, Society of Jesus, he's wonderful. Mother Miriam, of course, the Divine Office, and many other great things that Station of the Cross does. So thanks very much for your great work. I had a friend at work email me and tell me about the Station of the Cross a couple months after it started, and I was so excited I tuned into it, and I found that I love the Catholic Station. If you've been blessed, by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112. Then share your testimonial with us. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Keep up to date with the shows we bring you each day on the Station of the Cross by viewing our programming grid on our website, thestationofthecross.com, and on our iCatholic Radio app. Just click the menu icon in the top left portion of our app and select the link to our programming grid. That's at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our whole hour together, and um, you're welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart the entire hour um, from now on. You will not need to wait to the second half. Um, it could be on what we're speaking about or anything that's on your heart. Um, and um, uh, we have, actually, we have a call. Let me give out the toll-free number. It's one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or the email address is mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have Jean on the line from Florida. Hi, Jean. Hi, Mother. I'm so happy to hear your voice. Uh, I'm happy that you called in, Jean. God bless you. Mother, I have a question and um, I don't know how to ask it without it sounding snotty. Uh, (laughs) How funny. That's very funny. I like snotty questions. It's okay. Uh Go ahead, sweetie. I'm not Catholic, but lately I've been drawn, and I found you um, a couple of months ago online, and I've been watching you regularly, and I've been reading some of the books that you speak of. I order them online, and mm-hmm. but um, and I'm so drawn. And um, I, my question is: I've heard you say 
that um, the Lord created the Catholic Church. I want so much to believe that. Is there anything in Scripture that says that? Well, um, not that sentence, um, but Jean, you know that you sound like a Christian, but non-Catholic, is that right? That's true. Mm-hmm. Well, then and you also, go ahead, honey. And I'm leaning towards the Catholic Church, the yes. Catholic teaching. Right. It well, makes so much more sense. Well, the only thing uh, where our Lord says, I will build my church, not churches, not 40,000 plus denominations, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevent, prevail against it. That'd be the strongest sentence to what our Lord said, that he'll build his church. And again, not denominations. The Catholic Church is not a denomination. It is the church um, that our Lord established. And it is the church that the enemy is attacking 24-7. Um, uh, in the Old Testament, I think you might know, I have a Jewish background. In the Old Testament, the word for the assembly of God's people in Hebrew is kahal. If you spell it in English, it's Q-A-H, is no U, Q-A-H-A-L. It means the assembly of God's people. Um, and in the New Testament, Jesus used the word because instead of Hebrew and Aramaic, he spoke uh, in Greek. The Septuagint is in Greek, and our Lord spoke in Hebrew and Aramaic, but all it was translated into Greek, which was the common, the koine, the common Greek language of our Lord's day. And he said, I will build my church. Well, in, in Hebrew, the word is kahal. In Greek, it's ekklesia. So he said, I will build my, the same people of God. I will build my church. It means called out ones. And we are the called out ones. And again, the Messiah came through Israel, as you know, for Israel, but for the entire world. And so he said, we will spread the gospel to the four corners of the earth, the gospel that the Redeemer did come to earth for every tribe and tongue and people. Um, This is his church, which he would lead into all truth to the end of time. And Jean, I came into the Catholic Church after 18 years of evangelical Protestantism. I graduated Talbot Theological Seminary in California. I taught the faith. I taught at Bible school in the evening. Um, And um, when I came into the Catholic Church, uh, people called me and they said, aren't you sorry you're Catholic? Look what's going on in the church with all the scandals and everything was awful. And I said to them, it is remarkable, it is supernatural, that this church, this Catholic church, with, has stood for 2,000 years against Protestantism in general, uh, non-Catholic Christianity, that has split over 40,000 times in 500 years, that the Catholic church has stood, the one church for 2,000 years, with the likes of us in it. If that's not supernatural, what is? The same God that wrote the Bible through men and has kept the word of God to this day is the same God who established his church against which the gates of hell will not um, prevail. Yes, there's, a, there's a one... Go ahead, hon. You explained it. Excellent. Just excellent. I now have an answer uh, for those that I've been talking to. 
about you should listen to Mother Miriam. Mm. Your, uh, and they argue because they believe the old myths of the Catholic Church, and the devil put that out there. Yes, and he did. I, too, fell for all, all the years, longer years than your 18 years. And mm. um, But I'm so happy the way you teach. You teach with simplicity. And and I just grab right onto every word. Good. I'm so happy to have I'm so you. glad, Jean. It has to be simple for me to get it. If I read something and I don't understand it, I have to be able to put it in simple terms or I, or I can't get it myself. There's a wonderful book by... Um, Oh, I'm not sure if it's Frank Sheet. It's One Holy Catholic, uh, One Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. Uh, I don't even know if it's still in print, um, but it's a wonderful book explaining the unity of the church and the, and the having been founded by our Lord Himself. Mm. If it's out there, I will find it. All right, and honey. Mother, and- I want to thank you for leading me to Chris Al- Father Chris. And I've been watching oh, his teachings on good. this is the faith, mm-hmm. and I have the book, and I follow along with you. Good. Uh, God bless you, Jean. God bless uh, you, dear just, one. Thank you. God bless okay. you, Mother. All right. Thanks and, for calling and I, in. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say um, thank you, Mother, and I ask God to bless you in all ways. Well, I'm I'm very grateful for that, Jean. And if you, if you come in your search along specific confusing things, always feel free to call. I okay. will do that. All right. Thank God you. bless you. Right. Bye. We have a question um, or a call from Sandra in Massachusetts on the line. Hello, Sandra. Hi. Good morning. Good morning, dear. Go ahead. Uh, my first my question is. Um, my husband and I, we've been married for 17 years, mm-hmm. and we are both Catholic. So we grew up Catholic. We were baptized Catholic, but uh, then I, and tw- when I was 20-something, I left the Catholic Church, and, um, and we got <laughs> married on the Baptist Church. But now we are back together. We separated for a year and a half, but now we are back together to the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. So my question is, I don't know if my marriage is it's legal, if my marriage is blessed. I mean, that okay. Baptist Church, we do communion once. They do communion once a month. And it's it it's only symbolic, right? Right. Sandra, were either of you, you or your husband, married before? I was married before. And when you got married, did you have an annulment? Um, I did was you get an annulment? Mar- and no, I didn't get married by the, by the church the first time. Okay. Um... Was your first husband Catholic? Yes, he was, but he didn't practice. And and obviously neither did you at that point, right? Um, so you got married outside the church. You were married for a short time. You know what, Sandra? Um, I would say, if, if you weren't married before, I would simply say... Just go to your priest and have your marriage blessed in the church. But 
if you were married before, as you say you were, um, you need to get an annulment. And if you're both back in the Catholic Church, sweetheart, you need to refrain from communion. Well, there's two things you can do. Refrain from communion until you apply for and receive an annulment. Or um, go to the church, still work on your annulment, um, but just live as brother and sister. Okay. Your marriage would be legal. It would be legitimate, but um, civilly, but... Um, if you've, or if you, and is your first husband still alive? He's alive. I haven't seen him in many years. Okay. If he weren't alive, there'd be nothing to be concerned about. But even though you were married for a short time and you have no contact with him, um, I would say to honor God now, blessed be God that you're both back in the Catholic church. Um, uh, but, um, both you and your husband uh, need to live as brother and sister until you, that annulment comes through for you, if you want to honor God and, and not be in sin. Okay, so we are in sin right now. <laughs> well, if you, if you live as man and wife intimately without your annulment, yes, you would be actually committing adultery. Okay. My because first it, marriage, <clears throat> my my first marriage, I was, I was only nineteen, and mm-hmm. and he was already, he was already divorced once. Does that marriage even count? Oh, so he was also married before. Yes, well, he was married again in civil law. It counts, so it's not illegitimate, but it is. It yes, you would be living in sin. You would be, sweetheart. If you didn't know it, you go, just go to confession and confess that. And your husband, too, if you're back in the Catholic Church, you should both go to confession to confess that. And again, um, it's wonderful that you're back in the church and you need to live as brother and sister and you both need to get an annulment. And, it, it, you know, the annulment may come, it, you, were, you were not married in the Catholic Church. Was your husband married in the Catholic Church, his first marriage? No, no, my husband, my my first husband, he was, he was divorced. I married, oh. my first marriage, I married okay. to a divorced man. Got it, my okay. My second husband, <clears throat> he's never been married before. Okay, then all you, he doesn't need to get an annulment, but you do. And, um, and again, live as, uh, to honor God, uh, live as, if you want to receive the Eucharist, um, you need to go to confession to confess all this. And then if you live as brother and sister, you can receive the Eucharist after you go to confession um, for all these years. Um, and again, um, go ahead and apply for an annulment so that you can live as husband and wife intimately again. But until then, first go to confession and then you can receive the Eucharist and live as brother and sister if you wish. If you wish to receive the Eucharist, go to confession anyway, um, because you want your life to be blessed before God. Yes. Okay, Sandra. Okay. All right, sweetheart. Thank you for calling in. God bless you. There is the music for our second break. We'll be back right after the break to take more of your calls, your emails, and your text. We'll be right back.
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. The Station of the Cross thanks our financial supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization not affiliated with your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we're able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. You can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. To Mother Miriam Live. I'm so thrilled to be with you. And I mentioned earlier that we're going to be able to take calls the entire hour from now on. So feel free to call in with anything at all on your heart. Um, we have an email or email, uh, toll free 1 511 5483, or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. We have an email from Katie who writes, Hello, Mother Miriam. Thank you for all you do to teach the family in order to grow a holy church. My husband and I have been blessed with two beautiful daughters, now young adult women. It has been very difficult for them to meet other like-minded young adults. We do attend a traditional Latin Mass parish that is very small, and we are wondering if there are any retreats for young adults where they may meet others and have not bought into others that have not bought into all that is going on. It seems many young adults are masking and living in fear. Thank you in advance for any information you can share share in Our Lady's Joy, Katie. Katie, dear, um, I would pray a novena, uh, even a 54 novena, 54-day novena, your husband and yourself, um, and even your girls with you to the Blessed Mother um, to bring you um, to bring them the mates that our Lord has for them. 
um, and begin praying for those men now. Um, uh, going to a larger area or retreat may or may not do it. It only takes one man uh, for each, and Our Lady could bring that man into your beautiful Latin mar- parish church. I offhand do not know of any retreats, um, but there must be, uh, somewhere must be retreats. So um, what I would do is I would just look up um, uh, traditional Latin Mass retreats for young people, something like that, um, and find out where there are, um, or even, I don't know how, the the age of your daughters, um, young adult women, but it may be that if they're out of school, they can begin to volunteer in a work of mercy uh, with an organization helping children, helping the poor, um, teaching, those sort of things. And there they might meet good, suitable young Catholic men through that, uh, through those works of mercy. So that's a thought. But also pray the 54-day novena. It's not that prayer works, God works. But uh, Our Lady has done many things through that 54-day novena. And you, if you're not familiar with it, just look it up on the internet, 54-day novena. It's simply praying the rosary every day, the day's mystery, but praying the first half of it, which is 27 of the 54 days, in petition for your request. And then starting on day 28, even if you see no sign of an answer, you pray the second half in thanksgiving for it. So um, um, maybe maybe those things would help, but I would also look up uh, on the internet um, um, to see if there are retreats or projects or missions for, for young Catholic adults of the traditional persuasion. <clears throat> we have an email from Sonia who writes, Good morning. The last month or so I've prayed for discernment on tarot cards and mediums. I've destroyed the cards I had and also talked with my sister, and she has done the same good. The question I have is, With the images of angels on the cards, is this another way the enemy tricks us? I don't, yes, 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 yes. I don't want anything to do with astrology at all anymore. Good. No cards. I've prayed for discernment on this, but have not gotten any clarity. The clarity is simply the the teaching of the church. If it's a tarot card, it doesn't matter what image attracts you. It could be an image of the sacred heart. Tear it up and throw it out. The church gives you discernment. Absolutely no tarot cards, no mediums, no New Age anything. Pray to Our Lady and to Our Lord and to the saints. Sonia, um, there's your clarity. The clarity is the teaching of the Catholic Church, dear one. Um, We have an email from Jenny. And again, feel free to call in at any time whatsoever. We have an email from Jenny who writes, Hi, Mother. I absolutely love your show. Listening to you is truly food for the hungry soul. Thank you, Jenny. There was a mother who wrote to you a while back about her six-year-old daughter who receives bad dreams. I think about her often as I have a six-year-old myself. Actually, I have five daughters, thanks be to God. There is a book by Father Chad Ripiger called Deliverance Prayers for Use by the Laity. Yes, I'm familiar with it. And there is a punishing prayer in it. 
It is a great book for families and protection against the evil one. She should just make sure it's the version for the laity, as he has another book specifically for priests. Absolutely. And if you're listening, other mother, dear one, um, Deliverance Prayers for Use by the Laity by Father Chad Rippiger. Um, R-I-P-P-E-R-G-E-R. Um, Jenny says, I do have a few questions for you, Mother. Is there a special blessing? Um, blessing a person. Is there a special blessing a person receives for being in the last line at communion? There's someone at our local parish that seems to go out of their way to always be last. Well, I've never heard of such a thing, actually. I doubt it. I truly doubt it. And what I would do is go to that person who goes out of the line to always be last. I could think of a few reasons people might do that, and it's not good. Um, Ask that individual why he or she does that if there's a special thing that you should know or learn about. Not to be personal with them, but just say, I'm always wondering if there's a secret I don't know. And Jenny says, also, I briefly heard you say that having words on the screen is Protestant. Um, Is that true? It's not having words on the screen is Protestant, but what the caller was describing was really a Protestant church during what's supposed to be a time of adoration. I remember the gentleman who asked that last week. It's supposed to be a time of adoration, and they have two big screens with words and music and all of that. Well, sometimes you're at a retreat and they do that, Um, but uh, he asked me what I thought about that for a holy hour, and I said, I I, I don't think that's a holy hour at all. Um, If there's an hour of so-called worship, um, and and people are told in advance it will be an hour of singing and prayer and maybe the rosary or whatever else, and people want to come to that, there's nothing wrong with it. But I wouldn't go because if I go to an hour of adoration, I want it to be with the Lord. I don't even want the rosary to be prayed because it's a distraction. I may pray the rosary, but, but personally... I'm not saying it's not Catholic, but it comes from Protestantism. Um, And Jenny says, when you said it, I know you were referring to adoration there, but I wanted to get your opinion of having song lyrics and readings on the screen during Mass. I think absolutely not. It takes the focus off God. It puts the focus on us, even if they are so-called praise and worship songs. The focus is on us and feeling good. And the focus is taken off the adoration of God. I think I mentioned to that gentleman who called in last week um, that when people stood before God in the Old Testament, they had to refrain for a week or two from marital relations. They had to be clean. They had to wash themselves. They had to fast. They had to stand at quite a distance from the mountain, even to be in the presence of God, whom they would never see. Um, I think this casual screens and music and all of that, I think it's straight out of the Protestant church, and it destroys the reverence that God is, is due. And Jennifer says, lastly, I have a daughter receiving her first Holy Communion this year. Beautiful. Is there a good Catholic Bible and or books you know of that you can recommend for that age group? Thanks for all you do. And may God continue to keep your voice heard, Jenny. Thank you, Jenny. Um, I would say stick with, you don't need to go to uh, um, children's Bibles. Just go. I grew up all my life in the synagogue. We didn't have 
children's missiles for the synagogue and all of that. No, no, no. Let them know that they need, they can understand. Um, get a regular Bible, get, you know, I recommend the Revised Standard Version Catholic Edition. There is a Revised Standard Protestant Edition, but you want the Catholic Edition. Um, I would get that Bible and, and stay with it. Um, if you have Douay Rheims, that's fine too, but your daughter, you can read to your daughter, and if she doesn't understand some words, um, you can you can help her understand it, help her to learn to use a dictionary. If she's old enough to receive her first communion, she can read that. Books I know of that can be recommended for that age group, absolutely. Um, I'd have to leave the... Um, the screen right now and look through my my little library here which is still very little because we're still in temporary quarters um go to um uh, saint augustine academy i can recommend other good publishers for you but saint augustine academy is devoted to young people and they have books specifically for the first holy communion and I, you won't have any problem. St. Augustine Academy, you won't find... There's St. Augustine Institute, that's wonderful. There's Tan Books, it's wonderful. Ignatius Press, many wonderful, good, trustworthy publishers. But St. Augustine Academy is just remarkable on its focus of books for young people. They're traditional, and they're very reliable. So I would, I would recommend that, Jenny. God bless you. <clears throat> We have a call from Dawn in Wisconsin. Hello, Dawn. Hi, Mother Miriam. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you just fine. Thanks for calling in, dear one. Yes, and God bless you, Mother. Um, I had an experience in December of COVID in the hospital with double pneumonia. I oh, my. God. I did not have to go on a ventilator. I had a, it was a, I knew God was with me the whole time, but I had a, terrible experience when I took, when they gave me remdesivir, not knowing some of the warnings that the the government website has out there about it. Wow. It's being hazardous to the health. My throat closed. I could feel it closing. I told the people in the room, I need a priest. Please call a priest. And the one person said, we will not call a priest unless you're dead. And dead so, or dying? Dead. Dead. What good would he do then? Exactly. Exactly. And so I got on the phone to my husband because I had my cell phone in the room, called him, said, get me a priest. So he works at a church. He contacted a priest. The priest came to the hospital and um, they refused to let him into the hospital. Yeah. Tragic. And if I would have known that we could have filled out a form called an AMA, I can't remember the, the acronyms, but it's like a advisement against medical something or other. Mm-hmm. So basically, you get the person out of the hospital or you sign yourself out of the hospital in order to leave if you don't feel you're being treated well. Oh. And then your loved out. And then you could be anointed at that point, and then if need be, you could either go back to that hospital or to a different one if necessary. Wow. Um, I want to get this message out there because I survived this. 
I was left completely alone in the hospital. No visitors allowed. Um, I think that's to kind of keep everything hidden from family members. As to what this is on. demonic. It's all demonic. And I just looked it up as you were talking because I hadn't heard of it before. AMA form against medical advice. So I would give that to everyone. I haven't read it all, but you can fill it out. Uh, against medical advice and see what it's all about that would be that would be the thing to do if you're if you need to go into the hospital in this evil age blessed be god dawn that you have recovered are you recovered yes i am fully recovered oh it's amazing Um, well yes god is good during the time of my stay i was also able to keep my crucifix on i have a pardon crucifix Good. And um, also had my rosary. Good. Good. God bless you, Dawn. There's the music for our break. Come to the St. Thomas More House of Prayer and discover the prayer that will change your life. The St. Thomas More House of Prayer is a Catholic retreat center dedicated to praying and promoting the Liturgy of the Hours, the prayer of the Church. The Liturgy of the Hours is prayed each day, starting with the Office of Readings at 5.30 a.m. and ending with night prayer at 8 o'clock p.m. So whether you're an individual or a group, schedule your visit today. Go to liturgyofthehours.org or call 814-676-1910. That's 814-676-1910. We would love to help you experience the Liturgy of the Hours and discover the prayer that will change your life. Are you ready to take on the world of flesh and the devil with just the facts? This is Jesse Romero, host of Jesus 911, heard weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. I'm joined each day by a variety of co-hosts like Ruben Avam, Paul Clay, Dan Schneider, and my amazing wife, Anita Romero. We tackle Catholic devotions, spiritual warfare, family life, saving America, and everything in between. Join us each weekday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Jesus 911. God bless you. Keep the faith. Love listening to the Station of the Cross on your car radio, but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area? Never miss another minute of your favorite show. Download the iCatholic Radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day. The iCatholic Radio app is available for your phone in the Apple Store or for your Android phone in Google Play. Visit thestationofthecross.com for more information. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Something happened with the sound. Okay, my goodness, so sorry. Dawn, are you there? I I tell you, uh, I'm not absent-minded at all, am I? No. Okay. Um, Go ahead, sweetheart. Oh, God bless you. Um, I just want people to know that if they do end up with COVID, 
or some illness, if they if it's not to the point of life threatening, that they get anointed by a priest before going into the hospital. Yes, very good. Possible. Yes, you don't have to be on your and, deathbed and, to be anointed. Yes, and I also took the steps of contacting the hospital, the social worker, the staff, the complaints department, and they told me specifically they are keeping spiritual separate from the medical, that that is not their responsibility. And that's a very scary thing because the person is a whole person. Um, Without the spiritual, they're taking God away and then they're not going to treat you like a human being, like made in the image and likeness of God. You could not be more true in what you're saying, Dawn. It's scary and it's demonic. It's awful. You're 100% right. And I'm very grateful for your call. So we, uh, Dawn, uh, we warn everyone, uh, if you're going into the hospital, make sure you are anointed by a priest prior to going in. Um, and... Um, and then take a look at the AMA. All I did was type in AMA form uh, because of Dawn. I didn't even know what it stood for. And it's against medical advice. Um, and it, it, you can, it's a form you can download um, uh, and so forth. So you can download it and print it out. Uh, I haven't done that, so I can't tell you any more about it, but I would do that if you're going into a hospital, do it before you go in and and ask for the anointing of a priest before you go in. Dawn, this is a treasure that you've given us this morning. Thank you. Okay, God bless you, Mother. Okay, you too, sweetheart. Thank you so much. Um, We have an email. Hold on now, just a moment. Um, I think I... Hold on a minute now. Um, okay, I thought I missed one here. We have an email from Anne. Um, and Anne says, please, please let me know what you would do if there was no opportunity to get to Mass for our Sunday obligation unless you wore a mask. Would you just not go to Mass? And Anne says, where I am right now, there are no Catholic churches that allow you to enter without wearing a mask. God bless you, Anne. And I'm going to assume then there's no Latin mass you can get to because um, I don't imagine they would uh, make you wear a mask in a Latin parish. So I would um, maybe around where you live, but maybe it would take driving for half hour or an hour to get to one. If I could not enter a church for mass... On Sunday, without a mask, I would wear the mask. I would wear the mask because it's our Lord. And I would go along with that um, insane, evil um, um, request just so that I could be there with our Lord and receive him. I would do that, Anne. The choice is yours. But um, a Sunday mass is an obligation and there's... Um, the need to wear a mask, I don't think our Lord would excuse us from that, even though it's evil, it's uh, it's bad, it's not good to wear a mask, all of that. But still, um, I would, personally, I would go. Um, 
We have an email from Gemma who says, Dear Mother Miriam, I love listening to your show. Please never stop spreading the truth. Thank you, Gemma. I'm a 23-year-old woman who discovered the traditional Latin Mass a year ago and found it to be transformational. I ended a relationship around the same time with a Catholic man I was very serious about marrying. He accused me of being a conspiracy theorist, theorist, a conspiracy theorist because of my position on the COVID vaccines, and he did not like that I was falling in love with the Latin Mass. Well, I'd say, Gemma, it's a good thing you learned that sooner than later. She says, now, almost a year later, he reached out to me wanting to see if I've changed my mind. We had a long five-hour video call that was filled with debate about the times we're living in. He insists that these current times are no more evil than past times in human history and that it is prideful to think that these times are special or different. Number one, they are more evil, but so what if they weren't? You need to respond in a right way during evil times. He then said that even if the world were more evil today, trying to fight against it would be futile because we could never judge another man's heart. No, we cannot judge a heart, but we can judge evil done and instead must simply focus on combating the evil within ourselves. He quoted Ecclesiastes 1 about vanity of vanities. All is vanity. Now, there's something wrong with this man's thinking. To support his argument of essentially giving up, he insists that all we need to do is seek a personal encounter of love and intimacy. He doesn't sound Catholic at all with God, a personal encounter of love and intimacy with God and our neighbor while basically turning a blind eye to what happens around us. We're our neighbor's brother, we're our neighbor's keeper, we're our brother's keeper. There's nothing Catholic about what he's saying or his sentiments. This man claims to be a devout Catholic and recently became an RCIA sponsor. I apologize for the lengthy email. I am simply astonished and sorrowful and would greatly appreciate your thoughts and any scripture recommendations that affirm our obligation to recognize and resist evil in all its forms. Thank you and God bless you. Gemma, um, I'm very grateful that you found out soon enough uh, that this man would not make a good husband and absolutely not a good father to your children. I would just be filled with gratitude and uh, just totally dismiss him from your life as any um, a future husband uh, or any beau. Uh, you're not going to change him. Um, and hopefully he certainly won't change you. Um, um, uh, we need to preach the truth always. Uh, first, Second uh, Timothy 2.2 2. Teach those who can teach others also. Only the truth. We don't keep it to ourselves. We help those who are in error. We correct, we reprove 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. That's, those are your scripture verses. Um, that the word of God is authoritative and, um, um, oh, I'm forgetting now, um, um, profitable for every good work that the man of God may be completed. It's perfect for reproof, for instruction in the faith, um, for righteousness. Um, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. Um, and uh, take a look at James chapter 1, verse 1. Um, in fact, the whole first chapter of the book of James. 
God bless you all. And there's the music for the end of our program. We'll speak with you tomorrow. God bless you.